the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. All right, well, uh, John 12, 36 put, says, Put your trust in the light while there is still time. Then you will become children of the light. That's better than children of the corn, isn't it? <laughs> it's better than children of the darkness. I don't care. I, I like that term, children of light. And that's what we want to be, uh, especially as Christians. Now, we're in a series called Into the Light. So we've been talking about light and darkness that first week. You remember the title of the message was called Cockroaches Come Out at Night. And that was kind of a tough message to preach because we were laying a foundation of darkness. And I didn't like preaching on darkness. But last week we got over into the light and to tonight we're going to really get over into the light. And we're going to shine a light over into our lives and see which ones we're walking in. Last week we talked about uh, light in our message called Don't Get Froggy. So we got cockroaches and frogs. Tonight's message is entitled... Two cats on a hot tin roof. No, I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. No, it's nothing that sophisticated. Tonight's message is <laughs> entitled, Passing the Smell Test. <laughs> I get great delight in coming up with these names. I have a weird sense of humor, as you can tell. All right, to recap briefly how we got to this point... I was born in night, no. <laughs> the world was dark, and God said, let there be light. Woof. The lights came on. Sin, right after that, plunged us right back into darkness. The light, whoop, back off. So God sent Jesus to reintroduce us to the light, so he could be the light of the world. And through Jesus, we'll find out tonight, and we already know, you already know these things, but we're going to see them in Scripture, that we become children of the light. We've already seen that in one Scripture, right? But we have a choice. Look at your closest neighbor and say, we have a choice. Dad, that always gets us, doesn't it? The choice part. It would have been so much easier if God would have just made us do what He wanted us to do. It took a lot of pressure off of us wouldn't it we wouldn't have to be forced to make such decisions all the time but life is full of decisions and God doesn't want robots who are forced to make a choice he wants living breathing humans with free will that will love him because they want to and that's who we want to be God's spirit brings life who was hovering over the waters in the beginning when the earth was still in a chaotic mess and God hadn't formed the earth yet who was hovering over the darkness of the water the Holy Spirit so when God said let there be light who was the power to cut on the light the Holy Spirit you guys are good you may be thinking well I thought you said Jesus was the light 
How is the Holy Spirit to lie? Right. Because the Holy Spirit is Jesus' Spirit. Right? The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they're the Trinity. They're three distinct personalities all in one. And they all work together. That's right. Um, I want to show a, a video. It's called The Holy Spirit, and it's by the Bible Project, people. Cedric, would you get those last four lights, I think, on this side? Just cut them off. This Bible Project, people, if, if you ever want to watch some good videos, they take the basic ideas of the Bible and they make them, they break them down so that you can really understand them in, in a way that I wish I could. Need some volume. Pictured as this dark, chaotic place, but then above the chaos, God's spirit is there, hovering, ready to bring about life and order and beauty. Okay, but what is God's spirit? Yeah, so the spirit is the way the biblical authors talk about God's personal presence. The Hebrew word is ruach. Ruach. Yeah, you got to clear your throat at the end. So what is it? Well, ruach can refer to a number of different things, but what they all have in common is energy. Energy, how so? So there's an invisible energy that makes the clouds move or the tree branches sway. Right, wind. So in Hebrew, that's ruach. Okay. Now take a big breath. <sighs> so you feel that inside you. Yeah, the air? Well, specifically the energy, right? The vitality in your body that you get from breathing deeply, that too is ruach. And this is the same word used in the Bible to describe God's personal presence. Just like wind and breath are invisible, God's spirit is invisible. Wind is powerful, and so God's spirit is powerful. And just as breath keeps us alive, so God's spirit sustains all of life. Yeah, Ruach. Now, as we continue on in the story of the Bible, we see God's Ruach giving special empowerment to people for specific tasks. The first person in the Bible this happens to is Joseph. God's Spirit enables him to understand and interpret dreams. And then it happens to this guy named Bezalel, and he's an artist. God's Spirit empowers him with wisdom and skills. He's given creative genius to make beautiful things in the tabernacle. And we also see God's Ruach empower a group of people called the prophets. They're able to see what's happening in history from God's point of view. That's exactly right. And here's the problem as the prophets saw it. While God's Ruach had created a really good world, humans have given in to evil. They've unleashed chaos into it through their injustice. A new type of disorder. Yes. And the prophet said the spirit would come, just like in Genesis 1, but now to transform the human heart, to empower people to truly love God and others. How will this new act of God's spirit happen? Well, centuries pass and we are introduced to Jesus. And at the beginning of his mission, there's this beautiful scene where Jesus is being baptized in the waters of the Jordan River. Yeah, the sky opens up and God's spirit comes and rests on him like a bird. This story is saying that God's spirit is empowering Jesus to begin the new creation. And we see this happening when he heals people or forgives their sins. He's creating life where there once was death. Now, Israel's religious leaders oppose Jesus, and they eventually have him killed. But even here, God's spirit is at work. The earliest disciples of Jesus, who saw him alive from the dead, said it was God's energizing spirit that raised Jesus. This is the beginning of new creation. Yes, and it's still going. When Jesus appeared to his closest followers, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. 
And soon after that, the Spirit powerfully comes on all of his disciples. So that they can become a part of this new creation and share the good news and learn how to live by the energy and influence of God's Spirit. And so today, the Spirit is still hovering in dark places. Yes, pointing people to Jesus, transforming and empowering them so they can love God and others. And the Christian hope is that the Spirit is going to finish the job. The story of the Bible ends with a vision of a new humanity, living in a new world that's permeated with God's love and life-giving spirit. Did that help with the understanding of light and dark a little bit? And how the sin caused the world to go to dark and, and this place to go to dark? No. And pastor said, let there be light. Romans 8.11, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That is, if you're born again. So light has come back into you. So you're not part of the darkness. You're not part of the problem anymore. You're supposed to be what? Part of the solution. You need to begin to see your life as part of the solution to this sin-filled world. That's what we're going to try to discuss tonight. We believe when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, well, of course you are. You're Jesus. You're doing miracles. You're raising people from the dead. But we, we have a problem when he says in Matthew 5, 14, he turns it around and says, now you are the light of the world. You're like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. You can't just hide this light that I'm going to give. But they were like, stay with us, Jesus, because you're, you're doing all these great things. But he's saying, look, in order for me to come and pay for your sins, I had to become one of you, and it makes me just in one place at one time like you. But he said, it's better for you that I go away. Because if I go away, I'll send the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, and he'll be in you, and then you'll be the light of the world. And there's many of you and all who call upon my name can be the light of the world. And so it can begin to spread. And that's how that Holy Spirit begins to weave all throughout the darkness in humanity all around the world. He said, go into all the world and preach this good news that there can be light on earth. Does that make sense? You are the light of the world. Let's turn to 1 Peter. Chapter 2, God always has a plan. You know, nothing takes him by surprise. I, I don't think God's ever been surprised. How could he possibly ever be surprised? 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 9. He's talking to, about people here who have rejected Jesus, that they've stumbled over the cornerstone and they, they just can't get past that, that Jesus is God's Son. They just don't believe. They, they see Jesus as the enemy. But he says, but you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. I don't know how that makes you feel, but to be chosen? You know, I'm just one of seven billion down here. Who am I that God is mindful of me? Who are we as a group? Why does he even care? But to be an individual chosen by God, 
Not only that, chosen to be a royal priest. Do you see yourself as a priest? You say, well, I'm not ordained. I don't know how to... Can you let your light shine? A holy nation. As believers, we come together. We're a holy church. We're a holy nation in here. And the broader spectrum of the whole church. We're God's very own possession. We've been bought with a price. The precious blood of Jesus. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. Because you know it, you can show it. For He called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. He chose you. He said, Joe, you come on out of the darkness here, boy. Get over here in the light. Thank you. You ever been on, you know, you're waiting to be picked pick for the kickball team, and they're like, no, move out the way. You know? <laughs> but God chose you to come out of darkness. And oh, man, some of our darkness was pretty bad. They were like, why did he choose me? I wouldn't have chose me. But you now are a light bearer. Because you were in such great darkness, your light shines all the more. What did Jesus say? Those who have been forgiven little, well, they love me a little, but those who have been forgiven much, boy, they know. They know how special it is to be chosen. Oh, he chose me. I don't Wow. Isaiah said so many hundreds of years before Peter, in uh, chapter 60, verse 1, he said, Arise, Jerusalem, or he could have said in today's uh, culture, he would have said, Arise, church. Let your light shine for all to see. For the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. The sun comes up in the morning so you can reflect it. The Lord causes the light to rise up in the morning to shine on you. That's how special you are to God. Darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth, but the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. You are special. You are a light bearer. We're like the moon. The sun gives us light. We have no light of our own, but boy, we sure shine in that dark sky because we reflect in the glory of God to this dark world that we live in. All nations come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance if you'll let your light shine. God's Spirit is still hovering over the earth waiting for someone to say, let there be light in me. Someone to say what God said from the very beginning, let there be light. In me. He drives out darkness every single time somebody says that. Every, everybody who calls on the name of our light, the Lord Jesus Christ, will be saved and the darkness driven out. But there's always that choice. Dad Nebit. What is the choice, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. Are you going to walk in this new spirit of life that you've been given? Are you going to walk in the light? 
You've been given the light, but are you going to hide it under a bushel because you choose to stay in sin, to go back into the bondage that you've been set free from? Are you going to choose to love God back and be a grateful people, a thankful people, a holy nation, a royal priesthood? Are you going to choose to become who God created you to be or are you going to choose the temporary pleasures of sin for a season? The little trappings of this world for these 80, 90, 100 years that we get down here in the light of all eternity, now that you know what you know, how could you do that? I'm preaching to myself. Because we all choose the wrong path sometimes. But it should not be. It should not be become a habit. It should not. We should not allow the darkness to put out the light. That's a travesty. What's the choice? To follow the voice of our good shepherd who leads us in paths of righteousness, leads us beside the still waters, leads us to lay down in beautiful pastures, anoints our head with oil until our cups are running over. Prepares a table before us. Are we going to follow the voice of the good shepherd? Or are we going to follow the voice of the liar, of the wolf? Can you imagine being a, a sheep at night? And you're crowded around and you're staying in the church. I mean, in the pen with, the, you, you know, staying close by to all your other sheep. And a wolf comes up trotting up. Come on out in the darkness with me. How foolish would you be to walk off in the darkness with the wolf? But that's what we do. Instead of listening to the voice of our shepherd. Because we have a choice. The choice is do you want to trust God or trust the serpent who twists God's word? That was the choice from the beginning. Which Adam do you want to be? Do you want to be the first Adam? that caused the darkness? Or do you want to be the second Adam that brings the solution, that brings in the light? Ephesians 5.11 says, no, take no part. I didn't look it up in the Greek, but I believe no part probably means no part. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. They're worthless. They lead to nothing. Sin, the wages of sin is death. Take no part. Instead, expose them. How do you expose darkness? Let the light shine. Be who you were called to be. Just be. God's got to be up there thinking, for heaven's sakes, choose a side and stick to it. Choose this day whom you're going to serve. I mean, one day you're like, and then the next day is like, and then, oh, that's, oh, Look, we don't have to be yo-yo Christians. We don't have to come and go. We have the Spirit of the living God on the inside of us. We choose every day to be the light or feed the darkness. You don't see Tom Brady throwing a touchdown pass and then on the next play sneaking over onto the other team and then returning the kickoff. He's not playing for both teams. 
The other team is the enemy to him. He will do all he can to defeat that other team, even if it includes letting Samaria out of the footballs. <laughs> because he knows we're at war. And I, and I shudder to think the amount of Christians that are sitting in churches once every month or two, whether they need it or not, thinking that they're not even realizing that they're at war with darkness. They don't know this that we just watched. They think, man, I got a ticket to heaven. I said that prayer and I'm good. And that's, that's my only responsibility and I'll do God a favor by showing up every now and then. <laughs> if that ain't the wrongest thinking, that is the wrongest thinking I have ever heard. That's worse than my grammar. 1 John 3, 8 says, but when people keep on sinning, uh-oh, it shows that they belong to the devil. Now, I, mean, I believe it means when you keep on sinning, you, even if you said the sinner's prayer or whatever, you keep on sinning, then you, there must not have been repentance in your heart. You're not truly saved because if you're truly saved, you can't continue to walk in darkness because you now have the Holy Spirit inside of you to stop you from that. But some of us are like, mm, I know. I have the Holy Spirit inside of me and sometimes I make mistakes. No, I, I don't make mistakes. I sin. But that Holy Spirit convicts me when I do and I can't live in it. I may make a mistake once in every blue moon, but I'm getting better at learning the, the tricks of the enemy. I'm getting better. I'm trying harder. The love of God is, is getting stronger in me. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil. A tree sh a, shall be known by its fruit. I don't know. You have to judge for yourself. If there's been no change, I'm not talking to anybody in here. I'm talking I'm, now, this is going out you know, on the internet waves. But I don't know if, you, if, you, if you're telling yourself you're going to heaven, but there's no fruit in your life of repentance and there's, there's no light at all and you're right there in the middle of the same darkness everybody else is, you're of your father the devil. That's what that tells me. It shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. I mean, he didn't come to coddle it. He didn't come to subdue it. He came to destroy it. Now, I want you to get this straight. He didn't come to condemn people. He didn't come to destroy people. He came to destroy the darkness that is in the people. Much the same as a, a doctor doesn't try to destroy the person who has cancer, he destroys the cancer in the person. There's a difference. Jesus said that I came not into the world to condemn the world, but that through, the, through me the world might be saved. He didn't come to condemn the world. He didn't come to condemn people, but he came, he, he came to love the sinner but not the sin. You've heard it said like that. To destroy the sin, but love the sinner. He said that in John 3, 17. 
It's there. You can look it up. But we must be careful to understand who the enemy is. Because when we're trying to help one another, when we got somebody sinning against us, man, it's easy to just say, well, I'll just get rid of them. Or I'll pray against them. Or they're my enemy. I'll show you who the enemy is. Ephesians 6.12 says we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. It's not the people themselves, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. You see, the devil has all kind of cohorts. Man, I'm country. Cohorts. <laughs> the devil has got a crew, man. The angels that fall, fell when he fell, he's got a crew down here. Rulers, unseen authorities in the unseen world against mighty powers in the dark world. How many Christians even know that we're at war? And we wonder why darkness is winning. It's sort of like America fights wars these days. We send people over there, but we don't tell them to shoot. We don't give them any bullets. Go over there, but don't do anything. Just be a, you're just over there as an observatory role to help people. And if they shoot, just run. I mean, that's basically how we've tied our military up these days. And that's the way the Christian church is acting. We don't even understand we're at war. Evil spirits in the heavenly places. But you know what? The battle lines are so clearly drawn, God makes it so simple that a two-year-old could understand this. A two-year-old could say, okay, light against dark. I know what team I'm on, and let's fight it out. It's a war. It's a battle over the souls of mankind. It's a battle over, are you going to shine or not? You can either live in the light or you can live in the dark, but I don't think you can do both because light and dark don't mix well. Ephesians 5, 8 says, For once you were full of darkness. I know that's right. But now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. For this light within you produces only what is good, right, and true. This light will not steer you wrong. This light leads to life. And life more abundantly. This life is everything, in this light is everything that you need. You do not have to go into the darkness with the wolf for anything. You do not have to listen to the serpent as he spins God's tales. Light within you produces only what is good, right, and true. People who read Matthew 5, 6, 7, and 8 are long in there, the Sermon on the Mount, and they hear Jesus speaking for the first time, they're like, that just don't make sense. Because they don't understand light. How you can turn the other cheek and give them your coat also and, and all these things and pray for your enemies and how, how, how do you do that? God's way is not the world's way. How, like Lisa said, you can be more blessed to give than to receive. The world don't understand those things. They, they want to get all they can. Steal it from you if they have to. You know, it's all about me. 
But God's way is totally different. What are you emitting? I'm not saying what are you admitting. <laughs> what are you emitting? Romans 13, 12 says the night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothing. Take them off and put on the shining armor. Say armor of right living. Why would you need armor? Because you're at war. Take off your dirty clothes. That's how, you know, when one nation goes against another, they have uniforms and the other nation has uniforms so you can tell them apart. Well, Christians put on an armor of light. And the enemy has on dirty clothes. And we take our dirty clothes off. We remove those dark deeds like dirty clothes. You know, every now and then you need to do a smell test in your life. My life's getting a little stinky. I'm getting off track. I, it's time for me to take a, a bath in the blood of Jesus or something. Wash me clean. I mean, I'm getting off track here. You've got to take inventory of, of how things are going in your life. Because life will sneak up on you. You can be strong for six months, and then that seventh month, like, what happened? I got hit in the back of the head. I don't remember. But I woke up, and my, my clothes smelled dirty. I remember when we used to play in them nightclubs, man. It was so thick and smoky in them clubs, I'd come home, and we didn't smoke at the house. I could smell myself, and I'd take off my shirt before I went to bed, and I'd stand it in this corner over there. <laughs> I got to where I was putting them in a, in a, a garbage bag and leaving them outside till I could wash them the next day. When I started playing on the praise team, I was still playing in the nightclubs on Saturday night, coming to church, playing on the church. On, and my guitar smelled so bad, the whole praise team was like, oh, my goodness. Because my, my guitar smelled like the world. Opened my cases like even today it's still got the smell of the world in it. 20 years later. What are you admitting? Not it, admitting, admitting. Because every word of your mouth is either coming out with some light or coming out with some darkness. Every time you say a crude, coarse joke, every time... You say, talk about somebody behind their back. You know, it's like a, you're either, what do they call it when you put money in the bank? Depositing. You're either depositing into the love bank or you're withdrawing from it. <coughs> Every business dealing. Can you do your business in the light and you tell the people the truth on the front end or do, is in your contract written in small ink? Or they have to get a magnifying glass to see what you're really trying to do to them. Everything you allow in your ears, your eyes, your mouth, it's trimming the lamp of your heart. It says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it shall flow the issues of life. What you're watching, what you're hearing, what you're putting in your mouth, drugs and alcohol, whatever, it's planting in your heart, and you're going to reap a harvest that you don't want unless you're putting in good things. And you know, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so, what you're putting in, you're going to say it. And you're going to spray it. And it's going to be nasty if you're not putting in good things. Every decision, you can, every decision you make can either increase or decrease the wattage in your life. How much you're shining for Jesus. 
We want full power. We want to shine for Jesus. We want to make him so proud of us. We want to let his glory. See, every time you allow sin in your life, you're smudging your mirror. And you're not reflecting his glory because they're seeing it through you. We want to be less of us, more of him. That's real good. Do you pass the smell test? Remember the title of our message? Do you pass the smell test? Somebody get the lights for me. I I needed a light man tonight. Now this is real quick. You got the volume up and everything? The last four, Cedric. All right, you got seven seconds to watch this. This this might be somebody's kid in here. I'm not sure. (laughs) Okay, I've never done this, but for those who didn't catch it the first time, let's play it again. times is the charm. Hold on one more time, Keith. (laughs) 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 That last one gives me. (laughs) (laughs) What smell is your life emitting? Turn to 1 Thessalonians 5. Oh, my goodness. 1 Thessalonians 5. Verse 5 says, For you are all children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night, so be on your guard, not asleep like the others. See, we're not those that are asleep here in the final days. You were saved for such a time as this. You were raised for this. Don't be asleep in the middle of the war. So be on your card, not like those asleep. Stay alert and clear-headed. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. Oh, that's what it is. There's a time, there's a certain time my kids say they want to stay out to, that they want to hang out with their friends. I say, you know what? Nothing good goes on at that hour. If you ain't working the graveyard shift, you need to be at home asleep. There ain't nothing good going on at that hour of the night. And I'm just telling you the truth. That's when drinkers get drunk. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed. There it is the second time, clear-headed. That means you ain't popping no pills. That means you ain't drinking no stuff that's going to make you unclear-headed. And be protected by the armor. Say armor. There it is again, a faith and love. See, that's what we, we fight with. Faith, love, two really strong weapons. Not like earthly weapons. And wearing us as the helmet of salvation, the helmet, the confidence of our salvation. For God chose to save you through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. Woo, remember, he chose you. Man, he could have poured out his anger. He's going to pour out his anger in the end for those who didn't choose him back. And I don't want to be there. But did you notice that word armor? 
Hello, we're at war. Most Christians rather fight each other over a parking lot spot or something, you know, or the color of the entryway than to even admit that there's sin crouching at the door and wanting to kill them every day. The devil's trying to have his way with you, and you don't even know, you don't even know you're at war. We're not as light conscious as we should be. Half the church probably driving around with the little check engine light on right now. Mm. Gaslight. We don't care. We're not light conscious. My, my car was making this terrible sound, so I just cut the radio up, you know. <clears throat> there were two blondes that fell down a well. One said to the other, ain't it dark down here? The other one says, I don't know, I can't see a thing. <laughs> Philippians 2.14 says, do everything without complaining and arguing. Boy, I wish I'd have got a hold of that about 20 years ago. Because I've struggled with that one. But it's admitting darkness in my life. So that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives. The children of God shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. There's enough crooked and perverse people. How about let's stand out? Let's set ourselves apart, all that complaining. Let's not join in. All that hating on one another. Joining in with all the division that the media is pumping out. I'm just going to say it from the pulpit right now. The media is controlled by the devil. And I'm tired of it. And it's time we stand up and say, no more. We're not following that. We follow this. Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. In other words, you're radiating, you're emitting, you're reflecting glory. Light has already won. You understand that? We already have won. Look at the end. It tells us that we have won. Because total darkness fell on Jesus. You don't believe me? You don't think being whipped with a cat of nine tails and your beard plucked out and hit in the face, forced to carry your cross, crown of thorns poked down on you and people yelling and spitting on you. And they drive nails through your hands and feet and lift you up for everybody to mock you. Come down from there. You be the Son of God. And if all that wasn't bad enough, then God put our sins, our darkness, our wickedness, our sickness, disease, everything that the curse of sin brought upon this earth, everything dark, everything and put it on him mark 15:33 says at noon this is in the middle of the day now at noon darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock you know we just had a eclipse about a week ago or so it's supposed to be darkness you know 
But this was darkness. Fell across the whole land for three hours in the middle of the day. Then at three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lima sabastani, which means, my God, my God, why have thou abandoned me? This is light himself talking. This is light who took on flesh and was stripped of his deity and stripped of the light that he had and given our darkness. He who knew no sin took on sin for us, became sin. He became the serpent that they hung up on a pole. He became darkness itself. And and, and the Son of Man, who knows all things, cried out, God, why have you left me in this darkness? I can't see to even know that your hand is still upon me. His humanity crying out in such darkness that he's put in a dark tomb. And all of heaven must have been silent. The angels must have been pacing. Darkness enveloped the land. But the devil, (laughs) he was playing with a losing hand. He got excited for a moment, but he had to know that his game had been over for a long time and it was useless for him to get his hopes up. I like the words of a Clint Brown song that said, Hell caught a party on a Friday night. Said it's all over and done. But Satan, he failed to realize that the battle had just begun. And on the third day, The angel said, tell that Jesus is alive and well. He got up. mm, 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 mm. He got up. Yeah, come on, help me. I said, he got up. He got up. He got up. He got up. See, we win the bet. Oh, we can let the light shine. Yeah. Romans 1, 4 says, he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. He is who he says he is. And we can be confident of that because nobody ever said, I'm going in the tomb and in three days I'm getting back up and did it. Death couldn't hold him. The grave couldn't stop him. Blackness could not hold on to him. Once the light came back on, it dispelled and he came on out the grave. Moved the stone away and everything. And he has risen. And he has gone back to heaven and sent his light for all of us to walk the earth with. That solar eclipse about a week ago. Uh, me and Angie were, were driving back from a hospital visit. And uh, Mary McCall called and said, I got some of those eclipse glasses if y'all want to see. And so we went over there. It was, we went over to the, uh, where her and Zoe were and they had a pair of glasses. They were letting us look and stuff. And uh, it was at that new Tanger Mall. And we were standing out there looking up, you know, looking through the glasses. And you could see, and it was like 90-something percent of the, the sun was covered with the moon. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, it's got over 90% covered. I'll be able to look at that one, the natural eye, you know, in my, my way of thinking. And so I, I'd look up. And I'd, I, I, it looked like a big round sun to me. I could put the glasses on and see that it was 90% covered. But that little 6 7% that was on the outside made it look like the whole big sun. 
You can't stop the sun. You can't stop the light. You may block it for a moment, but it's still there. And it's still coming out, and it's still going to be there. And guess what? In the end, it says on the last day when he sets up his kingdom down here, won't even be need for the for physical sun because he will be the light. Our God will be the light. There'll be no darkness at all. John 1.4 says, The Word gave life to everything that was created. And His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. We win. Hallelujah. Children of light, we win. We have the victory. Woo. But still there's a war to be fought. And the war, for many of us, is within us. The war is, uh, do we believe we're at war? Is the, war the, the war is, do we believe that this is true? Are we going to act like we believe this is true? Are we going to live like we care about the people walking in darkness? Because the light don't come without the love. Where His Spirit is, His love is going to be. Where His light is, your, His love is going to be. So you need, you need to ask yourself, do you care about other people? You do. Do something to show it. Show them the light. Be the light. listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.